What's up, everybody? Leo Cannell here with the Seven Figures Club Podcast. In today's episode, my friends, we're going to talk about some of the fascinating things that we're up to. Probably you're doing more fascinating things than we are, but I, I think it's important to kind of share, you know, the challenges that we're up against and kind of document uh, just what's going on. It's crazy stuff. We're going to talk about one of the only valuable things I actually learned in college at the University of Utah. And uh, it was taught by a professor of mine. Really, really important lesson. One of the few really important lessons I actually learned in college, other than that there's not a lot of value in college. And number two, we're going to talk about, I'm going to get a little political on you and talk about why this value principle I learned in college applies to so many different things and how the importance of assessing issues the right way is the difference between success and failure. Let's go. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Okay, so we've got some fascinating things going on at the Seven Figures office this week and uh, the last few weeks. So we've got these two massive virtual events coming up on October 9th and 10th when we're going to have maybe you know, 800 to 1,000 people apply for funding. We're all going to have to work uh, that uh, weekend and probably 100 hours uh, the next few, each week, the next few weeks to make sure that we take care of all of our funding partner deals and these two events that are going to have a lot of people that need money to start their business. It's one of the awesome things about being in the funding space is it is recession-proof because during good times, people need money, and during bad times, they really need money to stay in business or launch a business because they lost their job and, and they're, they're finally seeing security is only available to entrepreneurs who build something truly valuable and in the right industry, of course. And so if you if you never have gone to sevenfigures.com and, and looked at one of our entrepreneur tools, which we have a workshop about what it takes to create a recession-proof business and, and why the business funding space, there's an awesome opportunity right now to do that so if you have not gone to sevenfigures.com you know check out that free workshop it's something that uh that we've done a lot of research on and boy it feels so good being in a recession-proof business right now because back in 0809 when real estate tanked and and my uh, portfolio and everything i was doing went down the drain boy it was it's nice to be on the other side of that so if you're found on that side no worries the quicker you pivot and get to a recession-proof industry the better that's some of the things that are going on at the same time we're we're really tweaking our funding partner program and launching an executive partner version and i've been working like every damn day until like 11 p.m. midnight my wife is not happy with me because you know I get home I eat dinner I talk with the kids for an hour and then I go in my office and I, and I have to build the this platform out if you've ever built sales funnels and these online marketing funnels the click funnels uh, way if you will boy it, it takes a lot of time and effort and when you're busy running your actual business you're doing your, your day job during the day the only time you can do it sometimes is nights and on the weekend so i've been burning the midnight oil on you know the the weekdays and then i've been working you know the weekend which again my wife's not happy about it but she's going to be happy with the results because it's amazing what it's uh what, what it's all coming together with 
And, you know, there's this, uh, there's this unknown where you feel like, well, geez, did I actually create the value? Did I solve my client's problems? Am I giving them this uh, recession-proof opportunity in the business funding space? Am I giving them all the right tools? And then even when you give them the right tools, do you have the right sales process and the right sales funnel and the right value ladder? And if you don't have those things, and if you've never read Russell Brunson's dot-com secrets or expert secrets, and now I'm, I'm finishing up traffic secrets for the second time, perfect timing, as we launch these new sales funnels, it's... Uh, it's like this unknown nebulous pot of gold at the end of this uh, ambiguous rainbow that you're hoping is there. And uh, I, I've done a few of these and, and really actually failed at them. You know, my core business of providing business funding for businesses has, has done well. Sure, there's ups and downs, but mostly that would be my fault for not doing the right type of uh, outreach to the right type of funding partners. But when I do the right, right outreach, business is, is good. But to find something that you can really leverage and grow, that's where you've got to have sales funnels that can do a lot more of that work without having to hire tons of people. And so I'm super excited about this recession-proof workshop that we're launching through sevenfigures.com and our funding partner program. And it's an amazing opportunity, and we've paid out millions of dollars in commissions. So super excited about it and nervous and anxious all at the same time because when you start spending thousands of dollars on facebook and youtube and it's instagram ads and you don't know for sure how it's going to work out there's always this you know a anxious anxiety that's uh, in the back of your stomach you're like oh shit, i hope this works out right anyway so that's what we're up to hopefully you know you're you know taking on the challenges that are in front of you you're taking massive action you're reaching out to people more successful than you you're reading the right types of entrepreneurial books and you're engaging and and utilizing the action steps of this podcast to to get better and together we're stronger and, and learning together and so forth so one of the most valuable things i actually learned in college as i get a quick drink here and this is this is interesting because i talk a lot about the fact that unless you're going to be a doctor, an attorney, a CPA, an engineer, things where you actually really need that piece of paper and it makes them, you can't even do it without it. Understandable, you got to go to college, but if it's business, if it's so many different things that are, are taught by professors who have zero experience in business and they haven't even been in the real world and they're supposed to teach you about starting a business, which seems like the biggest bunch of crap I've ever heard of, which is insanity. All that said, there's some really good really authentic, sincere professors out there that are on a mission to make a difference. And one lady in my first year, Professor Catherine Lindquist, I don't, I don't know if she's still at the University of Utah. She had taught in the uh, honors program there in Western traditions where they kind of look back at historical texts and documents and how that influenced and built the basically the economies and the ideologies and, and civilization as we know it today. And so obviously in the West, in Europe and in the United States there's and uh, South America, there's a lot of what we call Judeo-Christian values and beliefs that are kind of the foundation for a lot of what we believe in our civilized societies in America and Europe. And it's fascinating stuff, right? And so as she's teaching this stuff, she, she starts to go through some ancient texts. She starts to go through the Old Testament, New Testament, and the Bible. And, you know, coming from a religious household and, and uh, a Christian church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, there was this belief that I'd been in, inculcated, instilled in me from little that, well, basically, you know, the Old and New Testament are all, all the same. It's all the Bible. It's all the same church. It's all, it's all the same thing. 
And Catherine, it, my professor, is saying, no, no, they are very, very separate, very separate time periods, very separate people, and there are substantial amounts of people that are of the Jew Jewish belief, Orthodox Jewish belief, that have zero belief in the New Testament and 100% belief in the Old Testament, and that exists. And then there's Christian denominations out there who have absolute belief in the New Testament, but they don't believe anything about the Old Testament. So she started to open my eyes to taking a step back and not looking at things through my biased, you know, small myopic view of, oh, this is how things are, when actually there's all these additional viewpoints and perspectives out there that I hadn't considered. And the lesson that she was teaching us in that class was the lesson of being objective. And boy, if there's ever been a time in the world today that we need this lesson, it's right now. Because right now, in 2020, we live in the era of polarization, of extremism, of you know, you're far left or you're far right in your political beliefs, and that's kind of what so many people have a viewpoint of. And as always, almost always, the truth is somewhere in the middle, and the reason it's in the middle is because that's the objective truth. And the problem with taking these polarized extreme viewpoints is it's very difficult for you to be accurate and actually right. And that's what so many people are so excited about, to take these awesome extremes and pretend like they're right. And the problem is they're looking at everything through their very biased, prejudiced, unobjective viewpoints. And so learning to be objective and consider all sides of an issue and make that decision where that truth is based on people, as Ray Dalio would say, who are more believable and knowledgeable in certain areas and getting those viewpoints and then making a decision and an assessment that usually is somewhere in the middle, like that's what we need a, a hell of a lot more today. And it makes me ill when I turn on the TV and I see some, some people with just these crazy uh, outlandish extreme views that are not truthful, that are not accurate. So what's a good example of that? Let's go ahead and and take, let's get political. Let's get political for a second and let's look at the presidential candidates we've right now got right now, right? We've got, you know, we got President Trump, we've got uh, former Vice President Biden that are both going for the highest office in the land. And if you're listening to this and the votes already happened or maybe the Supreme Court's trying to decide who really won, whatever, whatever it is, what I'm getting at here is how do you assess issues objectively and come to truthful resolutions that are accurate, that are not what you hope, they are not your opinion, but they're actually the accurate truth. And so as we look at an issue like who should you vote for president of the United States, well, let's look at things objectively. And this is really damn hard for the media who just love to lie about stuff. They just can't be objective at all. And it makes me ill when I turn the TV on and hear these crazy viewpoints. And it happens on both sides. But it does seem like it's happening more on the left that there's a, a lack of objectivity. So let's, let's consider, for example, President Trump and the last several years. So what are the facts? What are the indisputable, irrefutable facts? Well, let's talk about his, the performance on the economy. Okay, the economy had done extremely well until COVID-19 and the pandemic came. And was there any, you know, real precedence for dealing with something like this in the modern age? I mean, they talked about Spanish flu in 1918, which was a failure. 50 million people died. So obviously technology and medicine as it is now, as a global planet, we did a hell of a lot better 
in containing this compared to the Spanish flu of 1918. It, there's just no doubt about it. We have 200,000 plus deaths in the U.S. right now, although it's certainly debatable if we're being really objectively how many of them were, you know, caused 100% by COVID and how many of them was COVID was a factor combined with cancer, heart disease, and so many other, you know, illnesses somebody already had who's over the age of 69, which is what the data shows. But again, people don't want to look at the data and be objective. They want to just go with their viewpoint and their prejudiced, uh, biased uh, perspective, and then try and call that truth. And obviously that doesn't help. So again, if we're looking at Trump, okay, how do you do on the economy? Well, indisputably pretty well. And now you can talk about, well, how did he do on the pandemic? And uh, if we're looking objectively at President Trump, he's really good at kind of taking those ex those extreme views himself and pushing them off as truth. And so we have to be honest there that he has uh, not performed as well in terms of managing this. And it was certainly very difficult. No one's had to deal with, you know, this crazy type of, uh, you know, pandemic, epidemic, disease, virus going through that, you know, ever really at, at this uh, stage. So, you know, you can give him the benefit of the doubt of that, but you can also say, yeah, he could have done a better job. He could have communicated better with the people. He could have done a better job of managing the facts. He could have been mo more proactive instead of letting Fauci and oh my hell. Fauci and these guys say one thing. Three weeks later, they say the complete opposite. How can you believe somebody who changes every second and then you wants to act like they're the authority that should manage us? Again, looking objectively, like these are, these are facts that are very indis indisputable, right? So we've kind of got the good and the bad if we're looking objectively at President Trump. Now let's look at the good and the bad of, of President Biden, or well, Vice President Biden. All right, so there's, there's Biden. First of all, we have to talk about his cognitive functions. The President of the United States has immense responsibility and they have to be on top of all the issues and able to communicate and make great decisions. We can't have somebody as president who can't make great decisions. And so a lot of people said, well, President Trump is very quick to make rash decisions. But as we look at his last four years, in spite of the crazy dumbass things that he says, and he says them, there's no doubt about it, he has kept us out of wars, which he said he would do. He has made our borders more secure, which he said he would do. He has made the economy better, although the pandemic certainly thrown a wrench in that. He has made better trade deals because we've had the worst trade deals in our country. Again, these are indisputable facts. Doesn't matter where you stand on the political spectrum, indisputable facts. So he has done these things. He's held China accountable. Good help. As much as President Obama was one of the most charismatic presidents and superstars in the world, he did not hold China accountable. China walked all over the U.S., stole our intellectual property, and obviously you think Russians hack, oh my hell, China and the government hack more things than any other country in the world and do whatever they can to mess things up and get a competitive advantage. They're very, very competitive and they do not play fair. And so President Obama did a poor job of that as much as a charismatic study is, did a shitty job of that, but President Trump did do what he said and did a great job of that. So again, looking at these facts, like that's where we stand. And Biden now, what are the facts with him? Well, he's been in government, you know, 40 plus years. And other facts that President Obama and others have said about him is he's been almost wrong on every foreign policy decision. So that was when he was cognitively functional. But if you've seen his interviews he loses his train of thought every few seconds. 
He said 2 million people had died of COVID-19. Obviously, that number is 200,000 in the U.S. He has misspoken on so many important facts and items that it's clear this is indisputable. If you're an objective human being and if you've watched his interviews, and I don't give a shit if you you know, are 100% Democrat and you're voting for Biden, no matter what, you have to step back and be objective and be like, this guy does not have his cognitive function. Google anything, go to YouTube, and you're going to see videos where he he just says the craziest, most outlandish things. And, and I guess he had an aneurysm in the 90s, and there's a lot of problems with the surgeons and, and how they were doing things back then. And, and it's not even his fault, but this is the fact of the matter. Our leader, who's going to be making the most important decisions for our country, has a massive reduction in his ability to assess issues and remember things and make good decisions. That's indisputable. So we have to look at that. Is he going to be more presidential and not say crazy, foolish things like President Trump? I think we can objectively agree that that's probably going to be the case. Now you can say, well, hopefully his staff's going to be so good that uh, they'll make great decisions for him. But that's not really what the job of the president is. So you can assess these issues and make a decision as to who's going to be better for our economy, who's going to be better for our security, who's going to be better for health care. We've got the big Supreme Court thing coming up um, with, uh, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who passed away. And now Amy Cohen Barron is a has been uh, nominated, I think I said her name right, to be the new Supreme Court justice. And there's important issues there with uh, women's rights and abortion and health care that will all be part of that. And so regardless of where you stand on those issues, those are big things to consider for who the next president's going to be. But for me, to put the trust in someone who's not coherent and cognitively functional, that's a massive risk. That's just an indisputable fact. So what I'm getting at here is when you are faced with decisions and as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a mother, father, you know, these are the decisions we face every day in parenting, in building our, our companies, in hiring and firing and managing employees, and your ability to look at an issue objectively and look at both sides and bring incredible stories, data, and facts on both sides and then come to make a decision that's what life's all about. And until you can make those great objective decisions, you're lying to yourself. As I met with each of my kids, I try to meet with them individually every Sunday and talk about where they're going, what they're doing. I sit down with them and I talk about, ask them the questions. You know, what are you trying to accomplish? What does your dream life look like? What, is, what do you want to have accomplished in the next three years? And they say, okay, well, what did you, with, every, with what you're telling me you want to do in the next three years, what did you do this last week to get you there? And at some point, Inevitably, I'll ask them, you have to be honest with yourself. You didn't do anything to achieve your dreams over the last week, did you? You know what? You're right, Dad. No, I didn't. So what are you going to do this week to make real progress and get some proof and evidence that you're doing what you want to achieve your dream life and goals? And they're like, yeah, Dad, I need to do this. I need to do that. Great. Let's write it down. And then we're going to be accountable. And next Sunday, we're going to sit down and see how you did. Did you get closer to your dreams or further away? And that, my friends, is what it's all about. Stop lying to yourself. Tell yourself the truth and find the truth. Find it from believable, credible people who are experts in those areas. And then you can make great decisions. And that's how businesses grow. So for example, me, I'm trying to build these profitable sales funnels for our funding partner program at Seven Figures Funding and sevenfigures.com. And so I don't know everything about that. So I'm having to bring in professional 
uh, funnel optimizers. I'm bringing professional Facebook marketers and YouTube marketers, people who have achieved pretty good success and are more believable and knowledgeable. It's stupid for me to try and act like I'm going to be able to figure it out when I can bring in great people and then assess, well, who's right, who's wrong, and then what are the results? It's all about the results. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what you think. It matters what the market thinks. And that's really what every issue comes down to. It doesn't matter necessarily what we think. It matters what is true. That's one thing I love about reading Ray Dalio is he doesn't care what anybody thinks. It's what's true what's accurate and that my friends is how you build a successful life a successful business a successful family so getting political i hope you enjoyed my political uh you know assessment of political issues and just giving as an example the two people running for president of the united states but looking at things objectively and you know if you're a fox news guy and you watch sean hannity you know, Sean's a nice guy. Is he objective? No, he's 100% extreme to one side. I think he, I, I don't watch him enough to know if he's truly objective, but then I can look at the other side and are we going to pretend like, uh, you know, Chris Cuomo and Don, Don Lemon are, are objective on CNN? Well, absolutely not. There hasn't been an objective word come out of CNN since, since President Trump became president. They have given him zero credit for a lot of the good things that he has done, but they're quick to jump on all the bad things that he does and the missteps and the, and the missed things that, that he does say. And so there's just an absolute disingenuous objectivity happening in the news and media today, and it makes me sick. And I tell you what, in a couple of years, I'm going to start a new YouTube channel that's going to be the true objective news. And we're going to look at, look at the truth. And we're going to look at it both sides. And we're going to talk about the screw-ups on both sides. And we're going to search for truth. And we don't care what the truth is. We care about what the truth is, right? We care about it. And we don't care how it comes or, or what our opinions or biases are. Like, what is real? And so if you can do that, I'm telling you, you will be successful in life. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Uh, if you haven't given us a five-star, give us a five-star. Share it with your friends. Get it out there. And let's help you build your own seven-figures business. And it starts by making great decisions and being objective. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.